Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast or how to get connected, go to BethelCleveland.com. Next generation. Makes you rest at ease, doesn't it? (laughs) They're great guys. Hey, open uh, your Bibles if you could to, we're going to go somewhere in Psalm. And uh, today we're continuing in our series called Word, period. Word, period's right up here, see? Hiding. Oh, hiding power of God. Guiding, I think, is what it's supposed to be. Yes. We're not trying to hide the power of God. Hiding the power of God. That's a great message. We've been hiding the power of God. And the word will bring it out. Yeah. Maybe if we could, guiding, guiding, G-U-I-D. Got that in there. Oh, there it is up in the corner now. Make it a little easier for you. Hey, um, what a great week we've had. It's been beautiful here in Ohio, getting the gentle spring rains in mid-August or mid-July, wherever we are. So we're very thankful for that. Hey, be sure to give uh, thanks, uh, Jake and Gideon, for telling us about that. Boxes are at the back. I know this has been a transition. I got rebuked lovingly by someone up in Middleburg, said that uh, old people don't give if you, if you do it this way. I said, well, I give this way, and I'm an old person. So you can all do it. And you can do a cash check, whatever, like we always do. Or you can go online, which is what I do. It's much easier. Or you can get auto, uh, whatever they call it now, where you draw from your account and auto draw into the church account. I do that basically at every paycheck and then text to give for the offerings that I want to give into. And it's worked well for a long time. It's a very safe situation and it helps populate our bank account quickly so we can continue to move in what God's called us to do. Hey, I spent this past word, past month, talking about apparently hiding the word of God and the power of God, but what we're really looking at is the the word of God and its power in our lives, and specifically, now I know the word of God comes in many fashions and forms. Uh, Tactically, as it is expressed, the word of God can come in a dream. You know, we've all had dreams where you feel like that was the word of the Lord to my life, you know. I've had many of those over my lifetime. And some of those are even guiding dreams, which is what I want to speak about today, is the guidance that comes from the Bible, from the word of God. I encourage you to bring your, your leather-covered, fake leather-covered, whatever you have, Bibles with you, because there's something about the tactile movement of opening the Bible and going through it. Now, I, I listen to the Bible on, on the, the internet or apps, and I, uh, I do all kinds of forms of how I get the Word of God into my life, but my favorite is really just opening the book and beginning to read. And for me, I do it on a daily framed out basis so that I can read through the entire scripture in a year. Most times I come close to that. It's not a perfect science, but it's my personal disciplines to try to to learn more from the Word of God. And there's a lot of places in the Word that talk about the power of the Word. And so we want to talk today about the guiding power of the Word of God. If you, how many of you are facing something right now that you need guidance beyond yourself? And raise your hand around the room. Look at that. It's like half at least. And the other, uh, the rest of you may not have been paying attention, but you're probably in that group. <laughs> wait, 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 what did I miss? 
What I miss, the handing out $100 bills? No, we're talking about guiding power of the word of God. That the Lord set this up, this beautiful gift that we have called the Bible, which is the, the canon of scripture, the, the understanding that came in the early centuries after Christ, where they started to pull together letters and, and of course the Torah that the Jews have been using, pulled together what we call the New Testament and the epistles, the gospels, the writings of Paul, Peter, and others, and, and the revelation uh, of, of Jesus Christ in, in the book of Revelation, and of course, James and many others that are there. I'm just thinking, and the Acts, I love the Acts, which was written by a doctor named Luke, who wrote it as one volume, Luke Acts, and then later they separated that up. But in it all, you begin to read. I was even discovering some things this morning out of the book of Acts when I was reading. I might refer to it at the end of this message. But when you read it, a, a dynamic happens. This is not a regular book. I've said this a couple of weeks ago. This is not Shakespeare. This is not War and Peace. This is not Harry Potter. It's not anything like that. It is actually a book of the God-breathed words that were spoken over multiple centuries that when you read it, the Bible says it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And as I've studied scripture over the years, I find out that sword is directed outwardly for defense. You can say, like Jesus did, it is written and there's power in that. But sometimes that sword also goes in and does a little heart surgery. You know, it's a scalpel at that point. It's a fine-tuning instrument that allows you, what it says in Hebrews, allows you discern, to discern between good and evil. And sometimes guidance in your life is determining between good and evil. Sometimes it's, it's determining between good and better. And then better and best. What is the ultimate road that God's called me on? If I have a life call, which I think I do, it's about guidance. That's why I drift to this all the time. It's my default position. He guides us. He leads us. He leads us in the valley of a shadow of death. Psalm 84 is one of my favorites. We're all on pilgrimages. You know, I, I, someone prophesied over me about three years ago that I was a walking mystic. And I thought, well, that captures it right there. I like to walk and wander and think and wonder, wander and wonder. Wander and wonder is my life. And so I wander and I wonder. Every morning about 40 minutes, I wander and I wonder. My mind goes to all kinds of places. It's, it's my dumping ground of thought. And I cast it all upon the Lord and then he speaks to me through his word. I go back to my office and I sit down and I plow through the Word of God. After clearing my mind and walking, I come back, I focus on the Word of God. Some of you go, yeah, you don't know, but I have children. I did too. I had four of them. Now I've got grandchildren. And, and so there's always busy things and stuff going on. You have to capture your life and you have to value this book because this book will guide you right into the pearly gates of heaven. And so when you read it, it's not just like, oh, wow, that's really good. It kind of warmed my heart a little bit. It does two key things that I'm going to look at in this scripture in Psalm 119. It, it turns on the light of your life. In other words, it is a guiding light to you when you read scripture. If you do not read scripture, you are dependent upon guidance from other places. 
So the guidance of the Word of God gives you that light, gives you revelation. Have you ever read a scripture where you thought, oh boy, that's for me right now? Like, I'm living that right now. I'm Jeremiah right now. I'm Job right now. I'm one of the three Hebrew children. I'm not sure if I'm Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego. I love how, <laughs> I, remember, I was, pretty, uh, uh, Joseph Garlington, who's African-American, <laughs> I've got to say that, was preaching a few years ago, and, and he talked about, he said, let's talk about uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. And I thought, well, I'd never say that, but that was really interesting, you know? So you can put yourself wherever you want in scripture and say, this is me. I'm walking through this right now, and it is powerful. It is difficult. It's the sufferings. It could be the sufferings of Christ, but I'm being led through this, and I'm going to get out on the other side without the smell of smoke upon me and only my bondages being burned. And so you look through Scripture in many ways to find yourself to get the light and understanding of who you are and your identity. But I'll tell you something else. It also not only gives you a light, it gives you a lamp. And a lamp is a construct to hold light. He gives you the ability to understand a construct of life. Not only is it guides like, Lord, give me light, give me light, give me light. Bing, light goes on. Ooh, okay, good. I always move with confidence in this next step in my life. Revelation is important. But I tell you, in some ways, it's almost better to learn as a good son, a good daughter, how to contain this light, get this light, that is going to be a constant lamp unto my feet everywhere I go. It's a way of thinking. It's the ways and means. It's the construct of life. It's your mode of operation, your MO. Your mode of operation is the word of God. And when you fill your life with the word of God, read through Psalms over and over again. It says, I have hid your word in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against thee. Word of God, when it's hidden in your heart, it becomes a strength in your heart. And even in times when you're weak and you cannot read the word or you're far from God for whatever reasons, I'm telling you things that spring up inside of you is that what you've hidden in your heart. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit will enlighten it and bring it forth at key times in your life. And so we're approaching this right now as people that are saying, I want to know the word of God. Let me tell you something. Let me prophesy over you a little bit. He cares about where you're going. God cares about your path. God cares about your direction. You know, Psalm 23 is such an ex a great example of that. The Lord is my shepherd. What do shepherds do? Shepherds guide. Shepherds guide you from one place that's been eaten up. All the sheep have eaten up the grass. They take you to a new place. There's greener pastures. Some people change churches because it's greener pastures on the other side. I always said, if I've ever planted a church again, I'm going to call it greener pastures. Because then people can say, I went to greener pastures. And everyone will understand. So shepherds, <laughs> shepherds lead. They guide us. Come on. They, they, sheep are led by the voice of the shepherd. My sheep, the Bible says. What is it in John? My sheep will know my voice. And so you, you get accustomed 
to the voice of the Lord. You know, you can get accustomed to someone's voice. If you have little children and they ever get lost, and you're in a mall or something like that, or Target or wherever you go, you know, and you hear their voice, it doesn't matter if there's a hundred children crying, you hear that voice and you know that's the voice of your child. In the same way, when you hear your father's voice, you hear your mother's voice growing up as a child, you know that when they use all three of your names, <laughs> Stephen, Brian, Witt, it usually doesn't end well. But there's a sense where I know my mother's voice. I know my father's voice. And the Lord has called you one of the pictures of who we are, our sheep. And he is our shepherd. And he will guide us. I will make you lie down. I've always wondered what that looks like. Down, Steve, down. But I want it down. But I think, well, down. Wait, I feel it down. How do I know that this is good for me? Because it's the shepherd who's making me lie down. He will lead me beside still waters. What's he do? He restores my soul. I mean, the reading of the, the word of God comes in, and we'll talk about this in the weeks ahead. It restores you. Sometimes when I sing scripture, I feel the restoration of my soul. The words captivate me. There's certain songs that hit us, not because they got great tunes. I mean, that may be part of it. But it's something about the words. I mean, look at the popular worship songs. I hate to even use that in the same sentence. But popular worship songs over the past few years, have all kept, the certain ones that have captivated, have been things like the Helzer song. What was that called? The, the, the big one they did. No Longer Slaves. Yeah, we know that. When you get into the chorus, I am a child of God. I mean, everyone sings it. The pagan sings it. I am. Something captivating about it, you know, about being lost, being separated, but now I'm no longer, is it? and I love Helzer, John Helzer's voice is so mystically haunting, you know. I'm no longer a slave to, what is it, to fear. I am a child. When people hear that, they get, they get pulled into the chorus. And they sing it themselves. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. And it starts building, you know, and you're like, I'm in a company of believers and we're singing the same chorus. It is, it is a hook of heaven. It captivates people's hearts. People are transformed when they hear the reality of God's word. People do not know who they are. They're wondering whether they're male or female right now. Yes. I never know that we get to that core identity problems in America. But when we can't know that, you can't then know your destiny. And that's one of the idols I talked about earlier. When you stiff arm God and you throw up an idol that says, I'm not sure about my gender. God knows who you are. God made you a certain way and he made you to be excellent in that way. As a man or as a woman, there's no other choice. You will be either a man or a woman. And when you get understanding of that through the word of God, when it comes into your heart, I'm a, I'm a man, I'm a woman. I'm gonna move in the, in the uniquely designed path that God had for me from the beginning of time when God fashioned a woman because he knew that man could not make it alone. And every woman said, amen. amen. <laughs> they cannot make it. 
without a woman. Just can't do it. So the Bible in my life has become a key guide. Every step of the way, either through reading it or through it being quoted to me or prophesied over me or these stories of the Bible. Everyone here knows uh, that the story of the Bible, the Jews' journey in the Old Testament, in the Torah, is all about our lives. It's not just an old ancient tale. It's an example. It says in the New Testament that it's an example for us. They didn't know that when they, I don't think they did, they didn't know when they went through the Red Sea that they were entering waters of baptism. The New Testament clarifies that. They didn't know that when they were up at the gates of the promises of God, the promised land, that they were setting an example for future generations. That sometimes, sometimes, you do not move on a majority vote of what everyone wants to do. What do you think, brother? Do you think I should do that? I don't know. I, yeah, sure. I feel that's good. What do you, sister, what do you think? I think it's all right. What do you think? No, I wouldn't do that. Well, wait, wait, why? Why wouldn't you do that? Mom, what do you think? I don't want you to leave. You go back and forth and back and forth and we're in confusion trying to every wind of doctrine. I mean, in entering the promised land, they entered finally after there had been a vote 40 years previously by 12, of 12 people, of 10 who said, let's not proceed forward, but two said, they are our bread. We should go in and take it over now in obedience to the Lord. Those two were right. But a whole generation had to wander around. What did we do? Why, why can't we get into the promises of God? Well, because there's no faith to go into it that even though there's walled cities and there's giants there, God said that you would go in and you would conquer that land. So see, the word of God is powerful. The word of God is not, when God, let me tell you something real quick. When God speaks to you, not everyone around you will always agree with that. <laughs> That's a revelation, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. Most of us already know that. We're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. When it's really, sometimes it's really word of God. We've heard from God. It's been confirmed over and over again. I know it's a word from God. A few trusted friends say, yeah, yeah, we agree. But then everyone around you is like, well, I don't know. If that's what you should do. It doesn't make sense. Now, I'm not talking about just making crazy decisions. That's stupid. <laughs> but when God spoke to you, and it's been confirmed in your heart, it doesn't matter if a hundred people around you say, no, 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 no. There's, the most important voice is the voice of God and your spouse, particularly if she's a wife. It's number, that's one B. It's not two. It's one A is God, one B is Cindy, or my wife in this case. So you want those things aligned up and then you feel the green light to move in what God has for you. Turn with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, I want to prove this to you a little bit. Psalm 119, the word of God has been such a blessing to me as you're turning there over the half century or more of my life, which is more, <laughs> over the half century of my life. And then at key times, he's given me verses to guide me. You know, when I was 19 years old, he gave me the verse I quote all the time, Psalm 5 or Romans 5, 17. Where it says, through the abundance of, this is at a key time in my life, I was wandering, I was trying to figure out, I did not have the voice of Cindy in my life 
yet. I was 19 and was trying to discern direction. I was feeling a call to go to you know, Bible school. I just kind of responded. I mean, I didn't know what I did. My dad wanted me to do one thing and my mom and people around me and my pastor and they all had different ideas, but I needed, I needed to know in my life. And he gave me a, a verse that guided me to this day. Because I wasn't sure about myself. I wasn't sure who I really was in Christ. I lacked righteous understanding. And so he gives me this verse out of uh, Romans. For some reason, it rung my bell. And it says, through the abundance of grace, I needed a lot of grace. You need a lot of grace in your life? I did. Abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. In other words, right standing before God. It was a gift. You can't earn that. When you're in Christ, you become, get this, this will really freak you out. Scripturally, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you're right, not because of you, you're right because of him. And you need to move in that rightness because it's not right to not act right when he's right and you're in him. And that's right. So you, when you know that you're right in God, that doesn't mean you don't, we don't make crazy decisions and all that. I mean, we're not perfect, I get that. But spiritually, you've been aligned in rightness. The way God sees you is you're right because of Christ Jesus. So when that happens, that is, that is acceptance at a new level. Because when God is for you, who can be against you? So when you know who you are in Christ from the word of God, you now become a valiant warrior and you get more confident about who and where and what and when and why and how and all those things. Everything begins to align with the word of God, align with Jesus Christ. I call it the love line. The love line, and there's two sides to that. You can go into law or you can go into licentiousness. You can law or license. A license to sin. Oh, God doesn't really care what I do. I mean, he loves me anyway. I'm just going to live the life I want to live. And don't you judge me. That is not the line of love. You are all, if you're like that, you are off base. I just need, you need to know that. And if you're, on the, if you're on the left and you're into legalism, it's like, I don't like the way they dress. I don't like the way they act. I don't like the way they do this. I just think that's not the way God would do it. And you're always on to something. You are Joe critique or Sally critique. The only title given in the Bible to judge others outside of Christ being the righteous judge is the accuser of the brethren, which is Satan. And so when you become an accuser all the time, accusation, judgment out of your heart, you've aligned yourself with, with a God of a different title. And it's not the eternal God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so through the word of God, we become aligned. We're not into legalism. We're a judge. I mean, sometimes, there have been times that, no, I'm not gonna say that. It's just legalism is a bad thing. It can appear good, but it will kill you in the end. And license, at the other end of it, is horrible also. It leads to debauchery. That's a word you haven't heard this week. Debauchery. There's a difficulty in discerning and understanding truth when, you're, when you believe that God's not upset that you're living with somebody who's not a Jesus follower or that you're living with someone, period, that you've not been married to. These things are important to God. Read your New Testament 
Forget the Old Testament just for a minute. But the New Testament, one of the big claims and one of the big desires of righteousness and righteous living in the New Testament is tied with, with having re- sexual relationships that are properly in the guidance of what God would have. That you're not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. <laughs> I got one amen out of that. <laughs> Something about sex. When you talk about sex and relationship, people freeze up. They're like, hey, 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 hey. Don't get into my bedroom, you know. Let me tell you something. God is in your bedroom. (laughs) That's going to freak you out a little bit now. (laughs) So getting eyes from Cindy, I better move on. Okay, so (laughs) Psalm 119 says this. Verse 97, oh, how I love your law. This is Psalm 119. By the way, this is the longest, longest chapter in the Bible. So I'm going to read the whole thing. No, I'm going to read 97, 97. We're already 97 verses in. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation day and night. What does meditation look like? You know, the ancient Hebrew word, we all heard this from some pastor somewhere. It's true. Is is to, uh, when a a cow kind of chews on the food over and over again. You know how cows, what do they got, like four, four stomachs? Is that right? So it, they chew it, it comes back up, yeah, chew for a while, stomach two, stomach three, stomach four, you know, that's, that's the process, aren't you glad that humans do not do that? But that, that chewing, mmm, mmm, meditation, that's where we get our word for meditation in the Hebrew. And so you look at that and you go, This is a people, this is a people who are taking the word of God, not even just at face value, which is okay, but they're chewing on it. What does that mean? How does it apply to my life? What do I I need to do with this to align myself? And then the Lord sends his Holy Spirit to be our guide in the midst of it, to reveal Jesus in everything that we read, everything that we hear, and everything that we see. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You get the Holy Spirit when you're born again, but there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you where you, your sight, your understanding goes to a whole new level as he reveals the manifest presence of his word and the, Jesus Christ himself into your life. So Psalm uh, 119, 97, 98 now. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever with me. I like that, that's a good verse. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. So this is the follower of God, the follower of Jesus. There's a a meditation, a chewing, an understanding, a chewing of the cud, so to speak, an, an understanding that will cause you to rise against your enemies, above your enemies. Wisdom, like the Apostle Paul, like Daniel, like Joseph, so many Old Testament characters like Abraham. So many people that had testimony and and rose above because they knew the law. It says here in 100, I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way. This is is such a basic Christian concept, but we do forget about it. God has empowered you to restrain yourself. It is called in the fruit of the spirit, self-control. By the power of the Spirit, you control yourself. 
I mean, we, we hear that I can't do this. I, you know, you don't understand. I'm, everyone through the spirit has the ability to do whatever you need to do to walk in righteousness before God. We are declared righteous, but we are called to walk in righteousness before God. That'll be another sermon. I can prove it to you. But trust me right now, it is part of the concept of God that we be sanctified, that we be cleansed, we be washed, and we be shifted, we be shape-shifted into the image of Christ by the power of God. It says, uh, I've restrained my feet from every evil work that I may keep your word. So the word's so important in that. And it says this, I have not departed from your judgments for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. I mean, the treasure of the ancients when they got separated from the word of God. Sometimes Israel got so separated from the word of God that they didn't even know where it was. There are evidence in the Bible where they stumble upon some scrolls in the old place of the temple. Some scrolls are there. What are those? Let's read those. And when they read them, they're captivated by them. You know, it's amazing. When Ezra read the scripture aloud to everyone, they stood while he, while he read. They stood up because they were just overwhelmed. It was out of respect and honor. I can't just sit down. I can't just kind of lay. I can't just, you know, flip through my phone or anything. I need to stand in the midst of this. They stood in the midst of the word of God. And it said, when they heard the word of God, they wept for days. That's the power of the word of God. Don't call me crazy, but when I said that, I felt the chills on my arms. <laughs> the word of God is to be respected. It's not a little daily thing you read. It's, it's the substance you live by. It's your daily bread. It's the power of God to sustain you in these times that are very Davidic in some ways, the very Nehemiah in some ways, the very Daniel in some ways. These are times we feel liberties being slipped out of our lives, natural liberties that we've had for hundreds of years that are being challenged on a daily basis right now. This is not a time to just go, oh, well, what can I do? I, you know, I... I watch, you know, periodically I watch different people on different uh, news stations and, I, you know, I just, I'm not gonna watch them again. I, I, I have depressive thoughts when I finish the program. I'm suicidal on some of them. I just have to say, I'm not, I can't do that. I can take like five minutes of it and that's it. And I'll talk to other people that feel very similar. So it's like, I need to fill my mind with truth and fill my mind with hope about the future. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate, I know we you know, like using the word hate nowadays, but I hate every false way. And then 105 comes. Whoa. 105 is probably on 80% of the fridges here in the church. Some kind of a magnet that's stuck somewhere. It says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There is, it's construct. When you read the word of God, again, I can prove this. We, just, we have always limited time on Sunday morning. I'm adding a podcast, by the way. Uh, Josh, are we doing that this week? Is it starting this week or we're gonna launch it? It's gonna be this week? Okay, somewhere this week, it'll launch on our Facebook page, I guess, or somewhere like that. Look for it. But I'm going to add more things to what I speak on Sunday morning. There's always things I don't get to share. It's probably going to be a little bit more raw and a little bit more to the point. 
on the podcast, so you might enjoy it. But I want to talk about some of these things. But I can tell you this, the power of the Word of God, as you read it, remember it's not Shakespeare, as you read it, it forms pathways in your mind and your heart to change the way you live. It's a construct. It is a tutor that goes with you everywhere you go. Hide the word in your heart. You're going to make right choices. Hide the word in your heart. Study, consume, chew the word, read the word, hear the word on your way to work. Talk with your spouse about the word. What do you think this means? Get in a small group, a Bible study, or people that are talking about the word of God. Discuss the word of God. Talk the word of God. I, I got a, an idea a couple years ago. We didn't do anything about it, which is a lot of my ideas never really go anywhere because they probably shouldn't. But Jews get in these little groups of three. I forget what they call them right now. But little groups of three. You've probably seen pictures of them. Three Orthodox Jews sitting at a table. They're reading the Torah. They're going on and on. They're arguing. They're debating. They're talking about what it really means. You know, and you look through the room, there's all these little groups of two or three. They're getting together and they love arguing with one another about the word of God. Well, I think this Hebrew word means this. I think it's applied in that way because this way over there. And it's a dynamic thing that sharpens the depth of understanding of what the Torah is all about. I thought we should do that. We should create groups of three, but then we'd start arguing about masks and things like that. You know, we'd get way off on something different. But if we can stick to the word of God, how deep we might go when we actually challenge one another and don't get offended and grow deeper in an understanding of God's word. What a beautiful thing that would be. We would grow deep in God. The word of God would go deep into our heart. No, my buddy Isaiah said that. This is when I heard that and it, and it kind of rung my bell. And I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna, I, I, I believe that was right. And, but I shared something with him too. And he didn't get offended at all, but he, he actually came back. I mean, you imagine having little threes at Starbucks or something like that, just gathering together and just debating and talking about the word of God. I'm telling you, people around you will come up and say, what are you guys talking about? Talking about the word of God. <laughs> And it will have power to even influence your area. But, but what it does is it shapes your soul, shapes your eyes. So the word is a lamp. It's a construct that you put a candle in or some kind of a light, oil or something. It's a construct that will guide you in every decision, everything you do. I mean, if there's any challenge that I have in life, it's always guidance. I'm not talking about general guidance. You know, I feel good about where I am, where I'm going, all that stuff. But it comes up to specific things. Lord, what is your will? What is your purpose, you know? And learning the way that God moves. You know, years ago, uh, I read a book in the, I think it was late 70s, that really had an impact on me. And I've referred to it probably many times here uh, because it really did impact me by Bob Mumford. And it was a book called uh, uh, Take Another Look at Guidance was the name of it. So you could tell I was interested this early on. This would have been my late teens probably, I started reading this book because a mentor recommended it to me. I still have it uh, to this day and I refer to it often. It's, it's kind of chewed up from my markings and everything in there. But Bob Mumford, oddly enough, was in Italy. And uh, in Italy, there's a certain port where to get in, in the darkness or in the clouds or the fog or whatever, they, they set up three lights these three beacons that when you, and of course in ancient times we would, would have been lanterns or torches of some sort. 
And, when the, and you can see those three beacons when you're out in the water offshore, but as you get closer, you realize that if you align those three beacons together, you're gonna get safely into port. If you don't, it's a very narrow area and you will get shipwrecked. People got shipwrecked there all the time. And so he talked about that, which was an interesting picture, great concept, alignment with God and his word. And he said, I believe the three lights in Christianity are number one, the word of God, the Bible. That everything that you get in your life, you must find a legit basis of it out of God's word. If you don't know God's word, then you're gonna have a hard time finding it. Well, we do have Google to help us along with the Holy Spirit. It's supposed to be a joke. Anyway, we do. Yes, Google's there. You can, you can punch in whatever your problem, problem is and put Bible and it'll pop up the top 25 responses to how to deal with that. But we have the Holy Spirit, which will lead you in your daily reading and will literally apply what you're, I found this out over and over for years, it daily applies to my life to the point where there's times I look ahead in my reading to see what I'm going to be going through. It's like, wow, the Lord really takes this daily reading serious, you know. I think I'm going to avoid chapter 28. And so, but you hit upon scripture, you hit upon the word of God, and it begins to guide you. So Bob Mumford says, word is the first beacon, the spirit is the second beacon. The Holy Spirit and your spirit combined together. What I sense, what we talk about in charismatic circles as your knower, you know, that, that knower inside. You go, how do you know? I just know. It's in my knower. I don't know if that's my soul or my spirit, but I know this is the spirit of God. It's got to ring true in your life. Like I, you see it in the word of God. Bingo, I feel a sense this is, because there are things you hear from God. It's like you need some time to adjust to it and say, I don't know if that's God or not. But when it registers in your spirit, it's like, bing, bing, two in a row, but you need three. And he says, third one is the open door. That's the circumstances. You need there to be an alignment where you see a way through and you walk in it. I've been saying this for years. I wrote about it in my book, Your Prophetic Life Map, that opportunities are like planets. They're different sizes. They're going at different speeds. Uh, they're different shapes. And they, some of them only come around every 38 years or 50 years or whatever. And when they come, you're supposed to get up in the middle of the night, run out there and look at it for some reason and then go back to bed. But anyway, you see it. But opportunities are very much like that. There's a Jupiter coming forward in, in your, where's Andre at? Andre, stand up a minute. I just got this for you. There's a Jupiter, which is the largest planet, right? Jupiter. The largest planet is coming up. It's an opportunity. You're getting a window to see it. It's like a two-hour window in the sky. You know, you're gonna be able to say, I see Jupiter. But the Lord says, in this case, it's beyond just seeing it, you're stepping into it. There's a major opportunity that's gonna shape the rest of your life. I mean, it's gonna put you on a trajectory. If you make a mistake, of course, God will lead you back. But you're gonna know when, when, when it comes, you're gonna say, that is the word that the old guy gave me up front. Jupiter, it's a big opportunity. And you're gonna be able to say yes. And it's going to fulfill a hundred other things on your bucket list. I don't even know what that means. I mean, I got a concept of it, but there's a hundred other things like dominoes. When you make this decision, it's gonna be boom, 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 boom. They're, they're just gonna, it's, you're gonna see them. Some of them are gonna be held back. So there is a time where it's gonna be like, because of this decision, it can be boom. And then a little while later, a year or so later, boom, you're like, I cannot believe this. It's like, just check, 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 check. 
all because of one decision that's true in a lot of people's lives, but you're especially true in your life. So we bless you right now in the name of Jesus that you will, you will have the sight to zoom in on this Jupiter, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a big one. It's a big, there's something in the whole concept of Jupiter too that God's gonna use to minister to you. But he has, he's about to penetrate, this decision, Andre, is gonna penetrate something in your mind and your soul. It's almost like a, a stone wall, an ancient stone wall in your life. It's about to be broken down. It's about guidance and it's about decisions. And, and you're gonna, you're gonna make this decision even though I, I don't know what the support system's gonna be on the outside. I'll support you in it. But uh, as long as it's in Cleveland. But... Uh, <laughs> No, you know, I'll support you. I believe that this decision you make, though, is going to break an ancient wall down. It's been passed down for generation to generation. And you're going to see something that your father wouldn't have seen. You're going to see something that is going to undo you. And it's going to produce something supernatural that everyone is going to benefit from. But mainly you and your family are going to benefit largely because he's called you into a high role. The whole doctor thing is a big role, but there's something beyond that. But this is just, this is part of the roads and this decision is a big one. And we agree with you right now. You will make the right decision, Andre. You will make the right decision and it will be God. And we bless you. Let's thank the Lord for that. Woo! Yeah. Ooh, man. Oh, the Lord told me to prophesy, so I wrote it down in here, and I'm glad, glad I did. That's good. So Psalm 119 says, direct my steps by your word. Direct my steps by your word. This is in 133 of Psalm 119. Direct my steps by your word. Let no iniquity have dominion over me. Psalm 25 says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you, I wait all day long. Oh, I don't have time for all that. You better take time. <laughs> wait on the Lord. He will direct your path. Well, so much more to say. I'll say it in my uh, podcast this week. But let me just tell you this. The Holy Spirit leads you. Jesus himself lays out great examples. I'm, I'm scanning through my notes right now. Uh, in, in your life, and uh, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, and then we can all go eat chicken. Uh, oh, yeah, let me just say this. Let's all stand together. Jay's coming up. Next week, we're gonna do an uh, activation where we confess some things over one another at the end. I know some people don't like it because they think... I don't want to do anything. I just want to be a Christian. <laughs> well, it involves do. The do. When you do things, it activates the Word of God. I'll show that to you probably next week. But I was studying yesterday. I even drove to a underground railroad site out on Laurel Road here in Brunswick. I got emotional. I was reading through this, this article on uh, the slave trade, abolitionists, the whole deal. I've always had a fascination with it because Ohio is key. Ohio is kind of the king of the Underground Railroad. There's a bunch of other states that were involved, but we had the most paths, Underground Railroad. Ohio was referred to, Cleveland was referred to in code as hope. 
If we can get to Cleveland, we could be free. If we can get to Cleveland, we can be free. Oh, may that be our slogan now. Cleveland's been through 55 years of just branding bashment. And, and God, there's a redemptive, I believe there's a, there's a reward hidden in the depths of Cleveland because of the Underground Railroad that we are yet to unlock. When it does, it's gonna be a mighty revival, especially among African-Americans. But what's interesting is when slaves were in the South prior to 1865, 1863, Emancipation Proclamation, 1865, the forced liberation upon all people that were slaves in America. And I know we can argue there's still slavery today. I, I get all that. I understand it. I love history. I'm just telling you right now what happened. America did do some good things. There were choices made. They, were, they, they went to war to make a choice. And I thank God for that. Who knows where we'd be now? But the Negro spirituals out of the South were confessions of the word of God. I mean, I was reading through them. I was listening to them. They've all been recorded, you know, and I was listening to them. Here's some of the slaves. These are like codes for escape. They constructed it with Bible concepts. And most of the slaves, they kept them illiterate. George Washington Carver, one of the exceptions, who had access into a library and became a brilliant scientist. But most of them, they, the, the slave owners didn't want them to, to learn to read. They didn't want them being smart or educated. Can't control someone if they think for themselves. So they started singing songs in their local churches and gatherings, constructing Bible concepts. Swing low, sweet chariot. You know that one is? Low is the south, swing south. This is the Underground Railroad, the chariot. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming forward to carry me home. I love, they had this legend. No one's ever solidly firmed it up, but there's this guy called Peg Leg Joe. Peg Leg Joe. I know it's not appropriate to say that nowadays, but let's just say it, it's part of history. And so what they did is they painted on trees, rocks, on the routes of the Underground Railroad. You can see a footprint and a small circle next to it which was Peg Leg Joe. Because the thinking was, as they talked among themselves, if I can get the Peg Leg Joe, who's across the Ohio River in Ohio, he's a former sailor, converted to be an abolitionist. He will welcome me. I don't know how many of them ever met a guy who's Peg Leg, but it was the motivating cause to get to freedom, to cross the River Jordan, the Ohio River, get into the promised land of Ohio and ultimately up to, to Canaan, which is Canada, Canada. Get to Canada, we are absolutely, totally free. And so they sang these songs. The preacher would sing the first stanza, the congregation would respond, and Tiffinal, it's like Kansas City, you know, IHOP. We'd sing one thing, respond another, boom, 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 boom. Why? Proclamation, acceptance. Proclamation, acceptance. Proclamation, acceptance. As we come into worship, in these days ahead, recognize scriptural concepts, sing them in faith, they will become living and active in your soul. Your life will be changed, your guidance will become clear. You won't be foggy all the time. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what the United Panic Attacks are going to end about your direction. You're going to be a man or woman of peace that walks in the destiny of God. Lord, I bless this congregation. 
Jay, we need to find out if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus. Lord, come upon us right now. Bless us, Lord. I pray for a new hunger for the Word of God. I pray, Lord, as we leave this place, even today, we go, I'm saying, I'm going to get my Bible out and just kind of read it. Yeah, you can go online. You can get, you know, a, a various, you know, read in a year, read by daily kind of a thing. Read through the Psalms. Those are all great. There's nothing wrong with that. On the way to work, get your earbuds in and, and have someone read it to you, you know. But get the Word of God into you. It will shape your life. It will give you understanding. It will give you concept. It will give you ideas of how to create more thingamajigs at work. You will solve problems. You will gain understanding. If you do those two things, you're guaranteed a massive future in business. If you learn how to solve problems and you learn how to create innovative ideas, those two things will advance you without question. And it's biblical. So what do you do? You put the Word of God in you so that the construct of who you are becomes firmly conformed to the ultimate Word Himself, Jesus Christ, who was the Word that came down in flesh. And you're going to find out the Word of God coming out of your life. Woo! Ideas, problem solving, concepts, ideas, problem solving, concepts. I bless them right now. Lord, that they will, they will, they will be elevated because of the presence of God and the Word of God in their lives. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. You can help us reach others by investing today at BethelCleveland.com give.